Welcome to another episode of the Proud Rev podcast. I'm your host, Dada Veda Pragyananda, and this is a podcast which is sponsored by the Proud Alliance, working from the website proudalliance.org. And our aim in this podcast series is to explain what is the progressive utilization theory proud and how it applies to the current events and current problems of our time. So today I want to turn my attention to something which actually was the first topic when I began this series, I think it was two years ago, and I'm, I'm turning my attention to the public sector or public services, the key industries, the key activities which uh, are the backbone of our society. According to the conception of Proud, the progressive utilization theory, these activities should come under public ownership and management, and they should not be um, in the hands of private interests. So they're to serve the public. So, so this is a very important concept. In fact, the reason why I'm taking this subject again is that recently I got an email from one of our listeners, and he, he asked the question, what would be a strategy for implementing the progressive utilization theory or proud in, in the present situation? So I thought about that, and, and one of my chief areas of, of concern is that I think that we have to now launch a movement to raise awareness that, that the public sector, the public services, of transportation, communication, had vital mineral extraction, some of these backbone key industries, key activities should stay under public management. And if there has been privatization in this sector, this privatization should be rolled back. So this is, I, I feel that this is be a very good strategy for bringing about the, the society that, that we envision, a cooperative society, a society which is fair all its members. So let's look at this a little bit. The reason why I want to look at this in terms of current events is that, that there is some trouble on the horizon or in the immediate um, threat to some of our most important services. Take the case of education. Education has traditionally been public, a public enterprise, a public concern. And the public schools of the United States is, is one of the success stories of the American experience. Because if you've studied American history, you know there are many dark chapters how, of the um, expulsion of the Native Americans and the slavery and so many, there's so many dark chapters. But, but, the, but the education system um, has been a, a bright spot, you know, a bright um, star, a shining star, because reason why I say that is that, that many immigrants came to this country from many different countries, speaking many different languages, but all of them, they, they went to the public schools, they learned English, and then they were able to participate in the society, and, and people didn't really look back at their, where they came from. They, they were Americans. So this was a, one of the great um, achievements. But over the years now, there's, a, there's been a... a a trend, you know, that for um, privatization of education, the, the charter school movement and other 
thing or religious education. And in fact, that's why I bring this up is because one of the most troubling appointments of the Trump administrations was when they appointed Betsy DeVos as the Secretary of Education. So this is a person who is extremely wealthy, she's a billionaire, and her, her, she stated it, her chief, her main interest is that she wants to support private education. Her, her dream world would be where everyone would just get a, if they get anything from the public, they would get a voucher and they have to buy their education. But this idea of, of privatization and voucher system will end up with a, an unequal system of education where rich people will have the, the premium education and economically disadvantaged people or people from minorities and uh, immigrants, and they will get an inferior kind. So instead of uh, a leveling effect as the old public schools had, not leveling and not bring it down, but it was a, a raising effect that raised the whole public standard. Instead of having a quality education system for everybody, we will have unequal. Just like in, a, in the um, years of segregation, the segregationists said, oh yeah, it's separate but equal. But it was separate but unequal. The, the, the black schools were unequal. So we don't want to go back to the the um, Jim Crow era, uh, we don't want to have this kind of education. So why I'm, I'm bringing this up now is this recently uh, Ms. DeVos made a, a statement. She said she wants the schools to open up, you know, regardless of the uh, coronavirus uh, crisis. So this is, a, this is a, a subject which we could talk about by itself, but, but what she did was when she mentioned this, she tipped her hand she said, yes, we're not going to give public funds to those schools that don't open. And then people then, this is where she tipped her hand. She said, yeah, people can then buy, get what they will give funds elsewhere so people can get the education that they want. So this is what she wants. But basically, we have to fight against this kind of privatization of education and we have to strengthen the public schools. This is really a vital thing. And there's another um, great American story which is under threat. is the Postal Service. Since the beginning of the, the Republic, the Postal Service has been delivering um, the mail to people. But Trump, just re President Trump, just recently appointed a new postmaster general. His name is Louis DeJoy. And he's, a, once again, a wealthy donor to the, to the, um, the re-election campaign. He has no experience in the Postal Service, and, and in the past, the, the Postmasters General, all of them have been, as far as I understand, have had a background in the Postal Service. So this is another troubling appointment because the, the goal of, of, of um, President Trump and people like Mr. DeJoy, they would like to see a world where these services are privatized, and then we have the United Parcel Service or Federal Express and there's some other couriers and let them do it. But this is really uh, not a great idea. And also it's being used politically too to, to stop the um, this widespread availability of mail-in ballots. It's, 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 it's a very a stinky enterprise if we can use that word. I'm sorry to use it, but it's not a good idea. And, and, if, and President Trump also calls the Postal Service a joke. It's not a joke. It, it, he says that, yes, it can't meet its um, uh, financial commitments, 
um, it's running at, at a loss. It's running at a loss, if, if people will investigate that a little bit, because of a, a punitive legislation which puts them under strictures that most um, private enterprises don't have to do because they had the, pub, the Postal Service had to um, guarantee the, the retirement funds uh, for its employees quite far into the future so that to satisfy that need, they're running a, a current deficit. So they're not running, it's not a joke. And, it, and in fact, it's, um, it's, um, it's a really highly reliable service. And, and recently I read an op-ed in the New York Times some months ago. It was a, some recent immigrant wrote that one of the things she marveled about America was the postal service because you could send your passport in the mail and then have it come back in the mail. Uh, you know, we could, you know, oftentimes you have to send a passport in for a visa or something like this. And she marveled at that because in the countries where she was, uh, that would be impossible, unthinkable. And it's an amazing thing that, that we have. So it's such a reliable service. So we don't want to see that service in any way threatened. And that's why um, it's not just a question of the Postal Service or of the Education Department. We have to look around at our society. In fact, now there's another new legislation coming up in the House of Representatives which would um, have some private, advanced privatization in um, public water. Public water is mostly it's run by municipalities, and which is the way it should be, but there, there's some kind of legislation which is going to he help the, uh, the privatization of, of, of this sector. So water is a vital thing. We can't, it shouldn't be in private hands. And, and education is a vital, it shouldn't be in private hands. And um, different kind of communications. Now, when I bring this subject up, um, and if anyone brings it up, there's one um, vaccine um, question that always comes up that people say, oh, the government will make a mess of this. You know, we can't trust the government to, to do this thing or to do that thing. Okay, everybody makes mistakes. You make a mistake, I make a mistake. The government may make a mistake. But if the government is running a service or operating a service and it's in the the, it's in the public scrutiny. It can come under public scrutiny. We see what they were doing, and we can correct any kind of mistake. And look at it this way: Okay, you want these services to be run by private enterprises, but we have no say over what goes on in in this um, sector of of private enterprise and corporate enterprise. We don't sit on the boards of directors. We don't have any vote in their operation. Um, they can make their mistakes and we have no recourse over it. So it's very, if we, people who um, call themselves libertarians say, oh, we, we're afraid of the government, but, but we should also be afraid of, of um, private interests who are supposedly working in, in sectors which really are of, of public interest. They're not of private interest. So this is what I say to my friend who wrote in about a strategy, we have to strengthen the public services, the public sector, expand them. In fact, like for instance, the postal service, 
Bernie Sanders recently uh, mentioned, introduced uh, an idea that the, there should be public banking attached to the Postal Service. And this used to be a case. There was a public uh, option, public banking option. You could have a savings account. And many European countries have this. And it would be a very helpful service for people, especially the unbanked people, people who don't have banks. They have to rely on payday lenders and check cashing services and other unscrupulous um, um, situations. And in a com we're in an increasingly digitized society, and to be unbanked is not a good idea. So we have to strengthen these services. We have to strengthen the public education, just like instead of... Um, saddling people with debt to go to higher education, let's extend free education. We've, we had that before, we had free education from uh, kindergarten to 12, let's extend it. So instead of uh, wasting away these services and, and exposing them to privatization, we should strengthen them and we should, um, as far as possible, take private interests out of public services. This is my um, idea on this, and I think this would be a great movement. We should really go full steam on this, and I think that it will bring some very good results for the society. But we have to keep our eyes now open, especially wherever public services are threatened by private interests, we have to say, no, this is not um, acceptable. So that's my little um, spiel. On the, on the importance of the, the key industries and the, the public sector, and we have to protect them um, from now on and into the future. So if you have any other questions about, you know, that you want me to address about, the, about this, this topic, or if you have some comments, you can leave them on our website. We... Um, are situated at the proudalliance.org and then we take the comments or you can send email to info, info at proudalliance.org and um, we hope to hear from you and we'll be back with more podcasts on a regular basis because we're entering a very important time and this is a time when if we're vigilant and active we can make a big change in the society so thanks for listening, and we hope that you come back again.